Praise the Lord, everybody. You may be seated. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord this evening? Is the Lord good? Have you found Him to be merciful and gracious and kind and compassionate? Amen. I want to say that it is truly a treat to be in Baton Rouge tonight, and I count it a great honor uh, to be involved in this camp meeting this year. Uh, Brother McClure walked up here with just having borrowed my Bible. I walk up here with notes and a smartphone and an iPad. I need all the help I can get. Um, I'm trusting that the Lord's going to do a great work in the latter portion again of this service tonight. Certainly, certainly was blessed by the wonderful preaching that we just heard. Brother Dan McClure is a great preacher of the gospel. And he is a Christian gentleman. And he is a very kind and considerate man. And uh, I'm glad I can call him my friend. Before I go any further tonight, I want to give honor to the Spell family and say that I love and appreciate them very much. I was trying to remember the first time I came to Baton Rouge camp meeting. It was probably close to 30 years ago. And uh, one of the first services I ever remembered, it, I don't know exactly how long ago it was, maybe 30 years, but I remember Brother Joel Holmes preaching in the prayer garden, and it was, it was just a packed house. And You know, this camp meeting has been a great blessing to this area for quite uh, a long time. And I want Brother... Be a spell to know tonight, we appreciate. I appreciate. I'm thankful. I remember, you you may be seated, I remember walking into one of the day services one year. Brother James Gross was preaching that year uh, in the day services. When I walked in, he shook my hand. He said, it's really good to see you. I'm like, wow, that's mighty nice of him to say that. When he got through preaching, I walked back up to him. I said, I know why you said you were glad to see me, because you knew where that message was going once you saw me. And, and you know that I was going to uh, need and receive that word that you spoke to me today. And so I am a, a, a person that has personally benefited from this camp meeting through the years. And again, God bless you and thank you uh, for hosting this for many years. And it's a blessing to be here with Brother Tony Spell that's continuing the work of God right here in Baton Rouge. I appreciate our friendship and our relationship and uh, thank you, Brother Tony Spell, for extending the opportunity to come and uh, be a part. I uh, appreciate all of the men who have preached in this conference and camp meeting already. Each and every one of them are my friend. And um, you've already heard the best preaching that was going to happen this week. Um, I know that. Starting the first night, Brother Merritt, and the second night, Brother Hare and Brother Lyle, and then the third night, Brother Martin and Brother Looper, uh, and then just Brother McClure has delivered wonderful, wonderful words from the Lord. Is anybody enriched and helped 
and encouraged for having been a part of Camp Meeting 2015. I'd like for you to stand with me and turn to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 10. I want to say that it is a joy to have my family with me tonight. And uh, I want to say one more time, happy anniversary to my wife. This is our 22nd anniversary today. And I love her and appreciate her very, very much. I love my children, Megan, Madison, and Mariah. And um, also I see folks here from Jennings, and uh, I want each of you to know I love you and appreciate you very, very much. Thank you. Thank you for being here tonight. Luke chapter 10. Let's begin reading at verse 1. If you have it, say amen. Amen. After these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place, whither he himself would come. Therefore said he unto them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he may send forth the laborers into his harvest. Go your ways. Behold, I send you forth as lambs among wolves. Carry neither purse nor script nor shoes, and salute no man by the way. Verse 9, And heal the sick that are therein, and say unto them, The kingdom of God is come nigh unto you. Verse 17, And the seventy returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions, and over all of the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Let's read one more verse. Notwithstanding, in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. What needs to happen in this place tonight far exceeds my ability. I'm going to ask you to join with me and let's become one for the next little while. And let's see what the Lord will do. And I'm confident he will do great things. I'm even hesitant to tell you the title because it's just going to seem kind of pie-in-the-sky positive thinking. But I do have a burden on my heart tonight. And I believe the Holy Ghost is going to move in this service in a special way. In Luke chapter 9, the Lord had sent his 12 out two by two. But in chapter 10, he takes it to another level and he sends another 70 out to further the work and to continue it and to make it greater. And so tonight, with the help of the Lord, I want to talk to us about taking it to the next level. Taking it. To the next level. Let's pray together. Would you join with me right now in the name of Jesus? I give you the highest praise, Lord. I give you all of the glory. I give you all of the honor. 
I give you all of the worship. Hallelujah. You're a mighty God. You're a great God. Lord, I'm trusting in you with all of my heart. Trusting in you with all of my spirit and all of my soul and believe in you to accomplish your will tonight. Close this camp meeting as you would will. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said amen. amen. The Lord bless you. You may be seated. Is there anybody in the house tonight that's hungry for Holy Ghost revival? That's hungry for a mighty move of the Lord. That's not just interested in an emotional experience. That's not just interested in something that is just a passing and and fleeting one-night experience. But how many is hungry tonight for a visitation of the glory of God that would transform us and change us and move us into the fullness of God's will and what he has purposed and destined for our lives. Will you allow me to tag on to the message we just heard? I'm not satisfied with where I am. I'm not satisfied with what I know. I'm not satisfied with what I've experienced. I'm not satisfied with what I've become. I believe there is more. And by the grace of God, I am going to pursue it with passion, with prayer, and with deep desire. God has begun a work in each and every one of our lives, and that beginning work ought to just give us a glimpse into the potential that lies in the work of God for our future. I am persuaded tonight that God who has begun a good work is able to bring it to perfection and completion. I don't know the potential of my life. I don't know the potential of my church. I don't know the potential of your life. And I don't know the potential of your church. But I know that it is a work that is beyond our ability to even imagine or comprehend tonight. Whatever your biggest desire and greatest dream is to see God work and move and manifest himself. I want to remind you of the word of the Lord that says that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above that which we can even ask or think. I'm not one of those that subscribe to the idea and entertain the mentality that our best days are behind us. But I firmly believe with all of my heart that God has glory for our future. That God has great things for our tomorrow. I believe it's the will of God that the church not just rave in the past, but we're full of expectation for the future. And we know that God has great things in store. I think about the words of the psalmist where he said, I had fainted 
lest I believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Hallelujah. I would have given up. I would have despaired. I would have, I would have been overwhelmed with discouragement had faith not been abiding in my heart that God would bring victory through for my life that what he had destined me to be and purposed for me to become his king. I had to believe that he would get me there no matter what I was dealing with or what I was going through. And I believe tonight there is a people in this place that's full of faith that says God is able to get me where he wants me to go. God is able to accomplish his full will and purpose in my life. I know I'm in Baton Rouge tonight, and I'm, I'm preaching in Life Tabernacle, but I'm telling you, I believe tonight that this word that is in my heart is more than for this congregation. Sometimes at camp meeting, the preachers would walk up and say, I have a word for this assembly. But I'm telling you, I believe God's given me a word tonight for our area. And not just for this area, but for anybody that can hear the word of the Lord. And it's not because I'm saying it tonight. I'm telling you, I feel a word from God in my spirit for the church that it's time to move forward. It's time to take it to another level. It's time for us to ask ourselves the question, are we going to be the generation that loses pre-service prayer? Are we going to be the generation that lose a consistent life of prayer and fasting and dedication and consecration? Are we going to be the generation, amen, that shuts our mouth about the world and keeping worldliness out? I'm just here to remind us tonight, if truth is going to march on, every generation's got to accept the responsibility for its continuation. I'm telling you tonight, the Lord don't want us just to survive and just to maintain. We're going to hold on to it, but I believe God wants to take us to another level. I believe God wants to grow our churches. I believe God wants to enhance our lives. God wants to bless our families. he's done in the south in the past I thank God for every revival I thank God for the hundred soul revivals I thank God for the two hundred soul revivals but I would I would give up I would be in despair if I didn't believe God's got more the church is not just the glory of the past but there's glory in the present and there's greater glory for our future. What do you say? Let's go for it. Let's make a commitment, a consecration that says by God's grace we're going forward. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In 1915, the oneness revelation 
came to a group of praying people in Elton, Louisiana. A hundred years ago. That same year, Brother Spell's grandmother and grandfather received the baptism of the Holy Ghost 100 years ago. The Spell family has been a part of Holy Ghost apostolic revival. In that same revival, 200 people received the baptism of the Holy Ghost in Eunice. One hundred years ago, God began a mighty, mighty, powerful work in this area, and it spread all across the South. Amen. Revival has happened. There's churches that have been established, and God has done mighty and great and powerful things, and we are grateful. Are you glad for what the Lord has done? But I'm going to tell you tonight, it's nothing compared to what the Lord wills to do among us, in us, and through us. We might as well close our doors and just give up if we don't believe that. But I believe we believe that tonight. We're not going to faint. We're going to pray on. We're going to fast on. We're going to preach on. We're going to believe on, and we will see the glory of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I think about, I think about how that the Bible says after the children of Israel went into 70 years of captivity, they came forth out of Babylon. Babylon, there was people that were committed to bring in revival to Jerusalem, to rebuild the walls, to restore worship, to restore the law. It was a daunting task. There was a lot of adversaries. It was going to take a lot of hard work. But thank God for a group of people that was committed to bringing revival to Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Amen. Nehemiah helped rebuild the walls. Joshua helped restore worship. Ezra brought a revival of the law. And Zerubbabel was the governor who brought civil authority back to Jerusalem. Thank God for the laborers and the leaders and the workers that brought revival to Jerusalem. And I want to tell you before it happened, before it happened... The Bible lets us know that once the, before the complete revival happened, the Bible said that when they laid the foundation of the temple, there was some mixed emotions. When they laid the foundation of the temple and they dedicated it, the Bible said the, the elders were weeping and crying. And the Bible also says that there was young people that were shouting and rejoicing. Now listen, sometimes people preach those passages of Scripture and they do it with an attitude of generational conflict. And they stir up strife as, as if there's supposed to be contention between the elders and between the youngers. 
and, and, and they say, we got the elders weeping, and we've got the young men shouting, and there's confusion. Can I tell you, it was okay, both of them. The elders were looking at it, and they were, they were realizing what they were doing at that time. As in the words of the prophet Haggai, was as nothing compared to the glory of Solomon's temple. They wept. This doesn't look anything. It's not near the beauty. Doesn't have near the attraction. Doesn't have near the glory of the former days. But can I tell you, they were the ones that were alive and saw it. They are the ones that lost it. They were a part of the generation that had a hard heart, a stubborn heart, and they lost the first house and its glory. And when they saw what was going on, they had to be honest about the way it looked. It doesn't look anything like what we have. And yet there was a, a younger generation that never had a temple and never had an altar. And while it, what they were doing may not have compared in any way to Solomon's foundation and Solomon's temple, there was something inside of them that says, but something's happening. Something's happening. There is revival going on. And right now, it looks like nothing in comparison. But it's happening. There's people working. There's people laboring. There's people praying. There's people committing themselves. There's people sacrificing. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you what the Lord said through the prophet Haggai. Just a few verses down from when Haggai said, look who saw the first house. And is it as nothing in comparison to what's going on? What's going on now has nothing to compare with the first temple. But a few verses down, he said, I want you to know the glory of the latter house is going to be greater than the former. You can weep because you see it like it is. And the young men can shout because, hey, we got something going on. We're just glad truth is marching on. But God had a word to both generations. The glory of the latter is going to be greater than the former. What I'm trying to tell you, Shekinah glory came to Solomon's temple, but the Savior came to Zerubbabel's temple. It was Zerubbabel's temple that Herod took and expanded. And it was to that temple that the Christ child was brought. And it was at that temple where Jesus came and he kicked over the tables of the men and changers and he drove out the thieves from worship. It was to that temple that immediately after that happened, the sick and the diseased came in and Jesus healed them. It was in that temple that the gospel message was first preached. I'm just trying to tell you what doesn't look like much today has got a great future. 
I'm telling you, people can look at the South and say, well, it's not as good as it used to be. We're not having revival like we used to. I'm telling you, I believe there's a group of young pastors and a group of young preachers that's got this truth in their heart and says, hey, we're not in competition with the previous generation, but we are committed to truth marching on, and we believe that it doesn't have to diminish, but we can go from glory to glory. say let's come to count meeting with a hunger like we've never come before let's go to our home churches with a passion and a desire to see the glory of God like we never have before let's take it to the next level Haley you just hear me tonight. You hear me tonight. There's young men that you don't even have your eye on. There's young men that's still not even saved tonight. That God is going to bring into our churches. And they're going to be soul winners. And they're going to become ministers of the gospel. And they're going to become faithful saints in the house of God. They're going to raise families. And the church is going to march on. Truth is going to march on. What do you want to do tonight? What do you say? Let's take it to the next level. Let's go for the greater things of God. God started it with 12. But he said, I need 70 more. I need 70 more. Get on out there, boys. And heal the sick and do the work of God. the work of God. We got to believe it's, it's able to get bigger than it's ever been. It's able to get mightier than it's ever been. Stronger than it's ever been. I'm telling you, there's churches that are struggling tonight. I mean, hell has hit them. The powers of darkness have come against them. And they've made some progress. But there's still a preacher standing. And said, I'm not going to give up. I'm not backing down. The God of my fathers is going to help me. The God of my fathers is going to help me. And I won't just hear about what God's done. I will experience it for myself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what it, the way it happened in, in Joshua's day. The Bible said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now get up and go over this Jordan. It's not the will of God for another generation to receive it and just back up and just maintain. It's the will of God for a fresh breath of the wind of the Spirit of God to fill our assemblies and the glory of God rise among us. There's new youth. There's new vision. There's fresh meat to work and to labor. Let's see the glory of the Lord. 
Joshua steps. The Lord said, I tell you, this is the way it's going to happen, Joshua. This is the way you're going to get over this Jordan. You see, the Jordan is known for, it, its name means descending. It means rapid descent. It means going down fast. And he said, I tell you what you got to do. You got to get the priest's feet in the water. And tell them to stand firm. Step into that descending river. Step into that river that's rushing downward. And you plant your feet and you stand firm and look what's going to happen. Those rushing waters are going to start standing up. And God's people is going to march forward and you're going to take them into the promised land, Joshua. I'm trying to encourage somebody tonight. Step into the water. Plant your feet. Keep your faith in God. Hold your head up and preach the gospel. And God will honor you and you will see the glory of the Lord. Plant your feet. Plant your feet and preach. I can't preach all night. Praise God. Everybody say amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> but I can tell you this tonight. There's three things that's going to happen. There's two vital things that I'm going to preach about right now. And the third one's just going to happen. If we're going to take it to the next level, brothers and sisters, it's going to require personal consecration. You can't overlook prayer. You can't neglect prayer. Every time there's ever been mighty revival, there's been praying people. Not just people that pray a little bit, but people that commit themselves to prayer and consecrate themselves to prayer. Prayer no longer becomes an option, but it becomes a conviction that says, I can't be what I need to be without prayer. I can't do what God wants me to do without prayer. The will of God's not going to be accomplished without prayer. A consecrated prayer life of dedication. We're going to have to have a revival of pushing the plate back. And not just for a meal. And not just for two meals. But somehow we're going to have to learn how to develop a relationship with God of consecration. I, I, I just heard about this. Somebody told me one time. Said, said, Brother Duke, he used to fast. And when he would fast... He would tell him sometimes to make him a plate. And he'd sit down at the table with him. And he'd say, Duke, you can't have it. You can't have it, Duke. We're going to have to put some priorities with what we want. We're going to have to choose what we want. It's not just going to happen. But it's going to be because of a committed people. We can't just be called. we got to be consecrated. They'd say, Brother Duke would be out fishing. Whoever he's in the boat with, fishing. I, I, you, you elders knew him. So he, he said, mm, mm, take me to the bank. i got to pray. 
take me to the bank. And they'd take him to the bank. They'd go on He'd pray, talk to the Lord. After a while, they'd come back and pick him up. There's no way we're going to take it to the next level without consecration, without dedication. Oh, we need a revival of prayer. We need a revival of prayer. We need a revival of prayer. And let me tell you, the only way you'll ever learn how to pray is pray. You can't read enough books to teach you how to pray. You can't read your Bible enough to make you want to pray like you need to pray. It's a commitment. It's a dedication that you got to make. And the only way you're going to learn how to pray is pray. I'm telling you, you can read the Word of God and you can read a book that will call you to prayer. That will stir in you the spirit of prayer. But the only way you're going to learn how to pray is pray. You gotta take your flesh to the altar and pray. It's in prayer that we learn to know God. It's in prayer that we learn to be led of the Spirit. It's in prayer that we learn how to entertain the presence of God. It's in prayer that we learn how God moves and how God works in different ways at different times. If we're gonna know Him, we got to pray. We got to talk to him. He's got to talk to us. We got to fellowship with him. We got to spend time on our knees. We got to talk to God. My great grandmother Callie was the first one in our family that ever received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They said that you could hear her as she prayed. This is not very inviting. But they said she would go out to the outhouse. I, I never got to know her, so I didn't talk to her about it. I don't understand. I can tell you this. If her husband was home, he didn't want to hear it. Because he abused her. When she would leave to go to church, when she would leave to go to church, he says, you know what's going to happen if you go to church tonight, huh? She said, I'll be back. She'd walk in and he'd grab her by the hair and abuse her for going to the house of the Lord. Sometimes she'd come in from church and he'd locked all the doors and he left one window open so she'd have to crawl in the window. It'd be easy for him to get a hold of her and beat her. And some of us won't give up a dollar to go to church. So maybe that might be a reason she went in the woods and would pray. When she died, not one of her family had the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Five years after she died, one of my aunts received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about greater glory after they're gone. My aunt served the Lord from 12 years old, and for 19 years, no one else in our family received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's right here in Louisiana. But when it started breaking, in a two-year period, 10 of our family received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. 
And the last time we counted, there was over 60 in our family that had the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Six ministers of the gospel. I believe there's more. How many more families are out there like that? What I'm trying to tell you, you don't need to believe it all has died in your past. God's able to raise up a younger generation that you'll never know. And truth will march on and go to greater glory. And I'm telling you tonight, there's not just an invitation for it to happen. I'm here to proclaim it is happening and it will happen. God will be glorified and his work will increase in this area. Why? Because there's determined people, committed people, praying people that'll hear the word of God to go deeper. I got to go on. Personal evangelism. It's the next thing that's required if we're going to move it to the next level. It's going to take consecration. Personal consecration. Time with God. Time in the Word. Worship. Dedication. But it's also going to take personal evangelism. Somehow, we've all got to do something in reaching the lost. Everybody's not going to fill the same role in evangelism. But everybody can evangelize. Everybody's not going to be Bible study teachers. Some people's going to tell their testimony. Some people will teach Bible studies. Some people will say, you ought to just come to church with me. <laughs> Some people will knock on doors. Some people will make phone calls. Right. Some people will set up a bus route. Yeah. Some people will be a part of visitor follow-up. But what I'm telling you, everybody's got to be a part. We've got to get a burden for the lost. And I'm going to tell you, it doesn't ever fail when the church gets right and you get right as a child of God. What happens? You get a burden for the lost. When your relationship gets strong with God, it's a natural outgrowth of the work of the Spirit of God. You're looking for somebody. You're praying for somebody. You're reaching for somebody. It's not something you're forced to do or made to do. It's a direct result of a relationship with God. It's birthed out of a relationship with God. Oh, I'm telling you, again, I'm saying tonight by the word of the Lord, God doesn't just want it to happen, but I hear the Lord saying it shall happen. It will happen. The church is not going down. The church is moving forward. And why is it so? Because there's pastors just like pastors in this place tonight that's in the pulpit. They're preaching the same message. And it's not something that's just coming out of their head, but it's out of their heart. They got a new burden. They got a new passion. They got new vision and new desire. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's go to the third point. The third point is this. When those novices, those new 70, walked out and started praying with people, they were healed of leprosy. They said, in the name of Jesus, 
touch these blind eyes right now and be opened in the name of the Lord. I don't know. I know in Luke chapter 9, when the Lord commissioned the first 12 to go out, He told them to cast out devils. But when He commissioned the 70, it wasn't in there. I'm not saying they wasn't told. They might have just remembered from when the Lord told the first 12 to go out. But whatever it was, brother, it went beyond sickness to Satan. It went beyond sickness to them saying, to those that were bound by spirits, in the name of Jesus Christ, be set free. And demons departed. And when they came back to Jesus, they were like, amazed. They were awed. They were overwhelmed. They were full of of joy, saying, listen, not only does sickness be healed, but I'm telling you, demons were subject to us uh, through thy name. What I'm trying to tell you, you start praying and you start evangelizing, God's going to wow you. God's going to amaze you. God's going to open your eyes to really how big he is, how great he is, how mighty he is, how powerful he is. I'm going to tell you what we need in this generation and what's going to happen. We're going to get a revelation of the name of Jesus. We're going to get a revelation of the name of Jesus. We're going to realize that we're not just Tony Spell and not just James Townland, not just John Heron, not just Homer Lupin, and we're not just taking over our daddy or our father-in-law's churches, our grandpa's churches, but somehow God has done a work in our heart and he's put a word in our mouth. God has granted us power to do his will and further his work. And we can do it in the name of Jesus. I'm not smart enough. I'm not strong enough. I don't have enough good ideas. But I know Jesus. I got a name. I got a name. And when I need him, he's just a prayer away. When I need him, all I got to do is call on that name. Somebody ought to shout. I feel Holy Ghost right now. Oh! Oh! I'm going to tell you what's going to get a hold of you. You start praying in the Holy Ghost. The anointing of God's going to come on you, child of God. And you're going to start saying, in the name of Jesus, let my mama go. In the name of Jesus, let my sister free. In the name of Jesus, liberate my family. Come on, drummer, give me some symbols. Come on, drummer, give me some symbols. I need some help right now, church. Come on. I'm telling you, it's beyond my physical ability tonight. I'm going to have to start riding bikes. I'm going to have to start exercising. I'm telling you tonight, we are weak, but he is strong. We're nothing, but he's everything. God is our sufficiency. 
Nobody can do it. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what happened. Those young boys started coming back and saying, Jesus. Woo! <laughs> Even demons are subject to us. Now, I know I'm not trying to promote arrogance and pride here, but I tell you, you got to realize who you are. You got to get a revelation. You're here to make a difference in this world. You're here to move this church forward. You're here to bring revival. You're here to bring progress to the kingdom of God in your church, in your city, in this area. I've already been to the water. I've been buried in his name. I'm subject to his name. I got power in the name of Jesus. Whatever God wants me to do, I can do it in the name of Jesus. I can reach lost souls. I can rescue families out of the world. We can have revival in Jesus' name. They come back and said, man, demons are subject to us. Jesus looked at them and said, I beheld Satan fall like lightning. And a lot of us have the perspective that he was talking about, the fact that he himself was more than a man. That before Abraham was, he was. That as creator, that became Savior as creator of the eternal deity. When Satan rebelled, he kicked him out of heaven. But I'm telling you, it's more than that. That's a part of divine perspective. But it was more than victory in the spirit world where the creator cast out his rebellious creation. God had now come to earth. And what he had conquered in the supernatural, he'd conquered in the earth. And he said, I'm telling you what, boys. I beheld as Satan was cast forth. That perspective in that verse is also talking about when I sent you boys out. You may have cast out a spirit of bondage. You may have cast out a spirit of infirmity. You may have cast out a spirit of lying. You may have cast out a spirit of oppression. You may have cast out a spirit of addiction. You may have cast out the spirit of unbelief. But I want to tell you what I saw. As God, I saw Satan's kingdom coming down. You saw what God was doing through you. But as God, I see the big picture. And what I got to say is the kingdom has come and Satan's kingdom's coming down. 
You were casting out demons, but I see Satan. I'm telling you, hell's upset tonight because truth is marching on in the Gulf Coast. proclaim it ain't over it's just getting started there's a new generation that's going out and we get the revelation that God is not just with one generation but he's got glory for generation after generation after generation get join with somebody let's worship let's do it let's do it Never. Just, uh, just, just do it. Just praise him. Just praise him like you were doing. Just come on, praise him. Just praise him. Just praise him. Come on. Join with somebody. Let's do it together. Come on. We're going for it. We're taking it to the next level. We're not going to just maintain. We're not just going to look at the glory of the past. We're going on the greater glory. Satan, your kingdom's coming down. God, your kingdom is increasing. The glory of the Lord is rising upon the earth. David's to step up and say you come to me with sword and a spear but I come to you in the name of the Lord God can help you to break the stagnation God can help you break the spiritual paralysis God can help you to stand firm in the descending river Hey, I'm going to tell you what the Apostle Paul found out. The Apostle Paul found out anywhere he went and preached the gospel and stood firm, he could build a church. It didn't matter what kind of spirits were dug in that city. It didn't matter what kind of false ideas and false doctrine and what kind of pagan beliefs were there. When a man went in and preached the gospel, the message of Jesus Christ, in the power of the Holy Ghost, God built the church. There would be people that would hear it. There would be people that would give heed. There would be people that would catch the vision. And there would be people that would share the burden. If the preacher would just Woo. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. His kingdom's coming down. And God's kingdom's rising.
way. Did not the Bible say through the Old Testament prophet that there would be a rock that would be hewn out of the mountain? There would be a small rock. But it would grow until it filled the whole earth. I'm telling you, God's trying to help us tonight to just not look at the glory of the past. But let God tell us that, hey, that's just a witness of what I can do. But you've got greater glory for your future. you just got to take it to the next level. Your mom and dad wasn't any better than you. God didn't love them anymore and he loves you. Just make the consecration. Perform the evangelism. And I'm telling you, you're going to see the power of Jesus. All right, I'm winding to a close. The Bible said that the Lord has given him, speaking of Christ, a name that is above what? Every name. What kind of spiritual enemy do you have? What's rising up against you? What have you come up against making spiritual progress? The Bible said that the name of Jesus is greater than that, and he's given you that name. You need to pray with faith in the name of Jesus that says your name is higher. Your name is greater. Your name is more powerful. Your name is able, God. In the name of Jesus, bring these Goliaths down. In the name of Jesus, touch these hard hearts. In the name of Jesus, transform these minds that are locked down and don't want to open to the truth. God, you know how to make believers out of unbelievers. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Notice this. The Bible said that it pleased the Father that in Jesus, in Christ, should all the fullness dwell. Now I'm preaching to the choir here tonight, but there's, there's a reason I'm, I'm going where I'm going right now. We understand that Jesus was more than just a man. We understand that he was God manifest in the flesh. The Bible said, that flesh, that body, that humanity should all of the fullness dwell. There was a total investment of deity in the man Christ Jesus. There was nothing that Jehovah was that Jesus was not. Everything that God was, the eternal spirit, was placed inside that human body because he was God manifest. It was not another spirit, it was the spirit of creation. That had become the son in redemption. God is the God of all wisdom. He's the God of no limits and no boundaries. The God of infinity. He's sovereign. He reigns over all. He's holy, which is his defining attribute. He is majestic and he has moral purity. He's omniscient in that he knows all things. He's faithful in that he's constant, dependable, and steadfast. He's love. That's what brought him down to earth. He's omnipotent, all-powerful. He's self-existent. That means he exists all by himself. He's got life within him. He lives by his own self. He's self-sufficient. He's a God of justice and equity. He's a God of immutability, which means he never changes. He's a God of mercy. He's eternal. He's good. And he's gracious. 
That's the main attributes of God. What I'm trying to tell you, all of that was invested in the man Christ Jesus. God wants us to understand what's in His name. If you need wisdom, call on the name of Jesus. If you need love, call on the name of Jesus. If you need power, call on the name of Jesus. If you need life, call on the name of Jesus. If you've suffered from cruelty and your life's full of anger and you don't want to learn how to be good, call on the name of Jesus. If you want to learn how to be gracious, call on the name of Jesus. This is my final scripture. And that is the book of Ephesians. The Apostle Paul wrote to the church of Ephesus. And he said, I'm praying, and this is just my own way of putting it. He said, I'm praying that God would, you give, would give you an understanding of the hope of his calling. And he said, I'm praying that God will give you an increase of a knowledge of him. And I'm praying that you could understand the effectual working, the exceeding greatness of his mighty power to us. Praying for you, church, that God will give you a greater revelation of who He is. I'm praying that God will help you to get an understanding of the effectual, mighty working of His power toward you. I want, He said, I want you to know the hope of your calling, the potential that lies in who you are. I want you to be able to know it, grasp it, understand it, so that you can experience. Because if you can see it, you can experience it. If you can see it, you can become it. Can see it you can have it let's understand the power of the name of Jesus what is invested so that we could call on the name of the Lord one more time will you lift your hands and call on the name of the Lord what do you want to see God do what do you have faith for tonight what do you need in this place I feel the anointing and the authority of Jesus in this house right now. I feel a spirit of submission, surrender, and brokenness. And that's what it's going to take. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Say, God, you're able, you're able, you're able, you're able. You're able to help me to save my family. You're able to help me raise my family in truth. You're able to help me to have revival. You're able to help me to reach the lost. You're able to help me become what you want me to become. You're able to help me to do what you've called me to do in the name of Jesus. I don't have to back up. You've not given me the spirit of fear. You've given me the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Your anointing's pushing me on and driving me further. Let's do it. Come on, let's pray. Let's turn loose.
Let's forget about everything for a little while. Let's commit ourselves to taking it to the next level. Let's do it in the name of Jesus. Let's close out this camp with anointing, with power, with authority, with courage. Yeah. 
Jesus, Jesus, come on, we'll fix and take it to another level. Hey man, let's have an emergency prayer request. The two-year-old boy's face just got burned with grease. We can dispatch angels from this sanctuary and God's going to touch that baby boy in the name of Jesus. Come on, take that prayer request to another level in the name of Jesus. 
Healing virtue flow right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God, anoint our young men right now, Jesus. The glory of the latter house is going to be greater than that of the former house. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, if our God is for us, who can be against us?
Amen. God wants to do something special for some of you tonight. Amen. Don't close this camp meeting out without taking your life to another level in the Holy Ghost. The gifts of the Spirit are falling in the altar. The gift of revelation is falling in the altar. Some of you are struggling going through the valley. You've been in the valley so long, you don't even know what the mountaintop looks like anymore. And the reason you're there, the devil wants to keep you there so long that you don't think there's any hope. You don't think there's any light at the end of the tunnel. Tonight is your night. Hey Amen. Brother Townley just gave you the formula. Consecration. This is your night. Amen. If I'm preaching to you like he's preached to you, you better get as close to this altar as you can in the next minute. Come on, we're fixing to tear this place up. We're fixing to tear down the kingdom of Satan. Come on, you got a mother that's backslidden. You got a daddy that's backslidden. You got children that's backslidden. You got a prayer you've been praying so long you don't even know if God hears you anymore. It's time to break it right now in the name of Jesus. It's time to take it to another dimension in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God wants to do it. He will work, but you don't need to hinder him anymore in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. playing right now. You better get a hold of God. You better get a hold of God. God is fighting for us, pushing back the darkness, lighting up the kingdom cannot be shaken in the name of Jesus and I'll be still beaten and we will shout it out shout it out God is fighting for us pushing back the darkness fighting up the kingdom that cannot be shaken in the name of Jesus and I'll be still beaten and we will shout it out shout it out God is fighting for us pushing back the Shake it in the 
Keep 